Hello, I'm Mariet Sneeman. Welcome to Calm, Clear and Helpful, a weekly podcast series on taking good care of yourself and others. Introducing you to a wide range of wellness professionals ready to inform and inspire. Today we're looking at 12 areas of life. How to reinvent yourself. My guest is Liesl Tom, Master Transformation Coach, Master Multiple Brain Integration Coach, Broadcasting Journalist and Motivational Speaker from Centurion. Welcome back on the show, Liesl. Thank you, Mariette. I love sharing time with you and, and sharing with your listeners. And to our listeners, after our conversation, Liesl will give us her three tips for lighter living. And then it will be fun question time. Liesl, for those listeners who haven't heard our other podcasts, please explain what you do. Mariette, briefly, I help people look at the stories they tell themselves about their lives and if they are not happy with that story, come up with ways on how to change the story. Because that is the power we as humans have. We can change what we say to ourselves, resulting in different results in our lives. What a beautiful description. And I immediately see the picture of a butterfly. We have talked about the phases of change. Yes, the life cycle of a butterfly is very indicative of how we change as humans. And I love that analogy. And I'm so glad you could see that too. Mm. We were born with certain genetic dispositions, and then we were programmed by our upbringing and environment all shaping us into the people we are today. Now, you, I know, firmly believe we can choose to change, as you've just said. Please elaborate. Mariette, when you buy a computer, that computer comes pre-programmed with certain programs in order for you to load whatever else you want to use it for onto the computer to make it usable for you. Now, we as humans are very similar. We are born with our genetics, um, which includes our temperament. You know, you often see in families that people have certain traits in common. That's genetics. That's your genetic pre-programming. And then we are programmed by our parents and our siblings and our community and school and church, but not intentionally because we don't know what we're doing. And anyone who says different is lying to him or herself. Because I always say to my children, we make it up based on what we were taught. We evaluate that what we learn, does it make sense to us? Does it help us or does it not? And then we, we change that approach or we keep it the same. And then we, we program our children, not intentionally, mostly by accident. In the same way as you can reload a computer, in the same way as you can get a virus on a computer, we as humans also get mental viruses, but we can de 
program some of that programming and install programs that serve us, that make our lives richer and more fulfilling. And I suppose there are different ways in which we can do this. Uh, one can do this if you if you are aware of what's happening. You can do it intentionally through self-help books, perhaps, or through seeing a coach. In which ways can one do this once you are an adult? Absolutely, Maria. There are so many ways that we can reprogram ourselves. But something you said now that is very important is it starts with awareness. We have to become aware of those thoughts that repeat every so often in our minds. Because I'm not very good with figures, so I'm not going to quote the percentage. But a very high percentage of the thoughts that run through our minds on autopilot every day are the same thoughts we've been having since we were children. And the way to change that is firstly to become aware. Now, as you said, there are many ways to change it. Transformation coaching is a system to physically remove limiting beliefs out of your subconscious mind, to put empowering beliefs in their place. That's one way of doing it. Now, what you and I are discussing today is something that excites me tremendously because this is another way that we can reinvent ourselves. Scientists, social scientists have identified several areas of life. Now, I like to work with 12 because I believe 12 months in the year, it makes sense to me. But if you choose to only work with eight or six, that's up to you. We all have a choice in how we approach our lives, how we approach our change should we choose to change. So we can choose how many of these areas we want to work on. As I said, I identify 12, and that's what our conversation today is about. Yes, and before I ask you what those 12 areas are, why should we consider reinventing ourselves? Maria, if you are happy with your life, do keep on doing what you do. That is, it, it, it goes without saying, it makes perfect sense. But if you are not happy with the direction your life is going, or if you are in the middle of a change cycle and you want to take charge of where you want this change cycle to take you, then you can take active steps to manage the change process, to make it easier on yourself to end up where you would like to be rather than just a victim of circumstances. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of clarity today, which also motivates one. So could you please tell us what the 12 areas of life are that you work with? Marie, the first one is health and fitness, because I believe that we are in these bodies to experience life. We cannot experience life without our bodies. And if our bodies are not healthy and we are not fit, we cannot experience it 
fully. Most people seem to live only from their neck up. They, they seem to think that their existence is in their head. And that's not true. We have a whole entire body that we get to experience life with. So health and fitness for me is the beginning because when we don't feel well, when our health is not good, when our bodies are feeling weak or we don't have energy, then all the other areas of life are automatically also out of sorts. Whereas if our bodies are fit and healthy and we can enjoy the fruits of those labors that we've put into our bodies, then the other areas of life are much easier to change and to move into the areas that you want to go. So the next one I have identified is intellectual. Because as much as I've just said, we don't just live from our, our necks up. We are intellectual creatures. That is what we seem to think separate us from the rest of the animals on this planet. Is we have this intellectual ability and the highest expression of our intellectual ability is creativity. So when we focus on improving our intellect, on keeping our mind sharp, we also boost our creativity. The next area I have identified is your emotional life. Because as much as we think that we are slaves to our emotions, we actually not. We can choose which emotions we want to focus on and which ones we will acknowledge, feel and release. After emotional, I have character and your character is how you express in the world, who you become, who people think you are. After your character, for me personally, comes spiritual life. Now, that could be your religion. That could be the way you view the world and your place in the world. So spiritual is open to interpretation for each individual. But for me, it's a very important part of our lives. And of course, apart from starting with health and fitness, these areas are not in order of importance. They are all important. After spiritual life, I have my love life because I believe the relationship we have with our significant other, whether it is a partner, whether it's a spouse, whether it's someone that you can trust with your whole heart, that specific someone plays an integral role in the person you become. And the amount of energy you invest in your love life comes back to you with dividends if you do it right. And then the next um, area after love life is parenting. Because we as parents have a responsibility to empower our children, to teach them the best of what we have learned and to guide them away from the dangers in life. 
then social, I've combined family and friends, not because I don't think that they can be two separate areas, but for me, that's that's the social component of my life. And the people we spend time with, we know that there's a saying, the five people you spend the most time with, you become the product of those people. So, so our social lives are critically important. Yet how many of us take the time to evaluate our friendships, to evaluate the relationships we have with our family members and say, this relationship is building me up. I will invest more in it. And this relationship, even though there's blood ties, is not serving my greatest good so I will have less of it. So it's all just regulating those relationships. The next area, and Maria, this is important, is finance, especially for us women. We've been fed so many nonsense stories throughout the ages about finances that many people don't want to talk about it. They don't want to think about their finances. And we know that if we fail to plan, we plan to fail. Finances is a very important area of our lives. It should not be the focus. But if our finances aren't in order, we cannot live the lives that we want for ourselves. It's far easier to live a healthy life to eat healthily, to make sure you get the right nutrients if you have the finances to support that. The next area is career. Now this, depending on the individual, could be the work you do for the money you earn, but it can also be your purpose in life. What do I do in this world? How do I show up? What is my purpose. All those things fall under career. Then I've put in charity. For many people, charity is not something that they choose to spend their energy or their time on. But I believe life is an ebb and a flow. And when we give, we create space to receive. And it's not just that, Marit. Science has proven that when we show kindness, and charity is not necessarily only financial or, or, or physical help, it can also be showing kindness to a person who needs it at that moment. And studies have shown how good that is for us as the person showing kindness. So charity for me is an integral part of how I choose to live my life. And then the last area that I have on my list is quality of life. Because our quality of life is how all these areas combine to bring us that life that makes us feel fulfilled. If you think back on the change cycle, quality of life is what we dream and scheme of. It is the promised land. Thank you, Liesl. I so enjoyed listening to the way you explained these 12 areas. 
And I'm already starting to think where I would like to start reinventing myself. As you said, we needn't tackle all of these areas simultaneously. So we could choose one or, I don't know, as many as we like. And I suppose to reinvent oneself in one or more areas, one needs to follow certain steps. Which steps would you suggest? Mariette, I, I agree with you. Let's start with, with one and let's start with health and fitness, seeing as it is the first one on the list. And when we look at health and fitness, the way I've approached it is to first write a premise. The premise is what is your understanding of that category? Why is that category important for you? And as I said, you can choose which categories you want to work on. You can make up your own. That's not my business, but here's the process. The first step is to write all your beliefs about that category. And I've got my, my health and fitness um, premise open here, and I'll read you some of it because, you know, first of all, this is not about me. It is about the process. But it does give some, some insight when you understand what I mean when I say premise. So my first premise is my physical health is my most important asset because without physical health, the rest of our lives cannot be lived optimally. You know, Marie, there's a saying that youth is wasted on the young. Yes. <laughs> it's only when you get older that you truly start understanding how important health is to you. Unfortunately, we as humans work in a way that we don't appreciate what we have until it's gone. And I'm unfortunately one of those people who's had to have a serious health scare in order to take my health seriously, to understand how vitally important it is. When I was younger, I did really stupid things. I didn't exercise. I didn't watch what I was eating. I smoked. Mia culpa. Now that I know better, I do better. So another premise of my health and fitness is that my body loves to move. I believe that if we don't use it, we lose it. Our bodies were made to move and how we move is up to us. If you don't, if you tell yourself the story that I hate exercise, go question that a bit. Is that 100% true? Do you hate all kinds of exercise or do you hate the mental picture that comes up when you think about the word exercise, there are so many ways to move. And we as humans were made to move. And the more we use our bodies and move them, the greater range of movement we create for ourselves and the healthier we become. Another premise I have for my health and fitness is 
I believe in listening to my body. Because our bodies know what it needs. And once you start tuning in to the way your body communicates with you, then you can start listening to it. Another premise I have, my body is a blessing and a wonder, and I trust its wisdom. Without this body, I cannot experience this life. So those are the premises, and you can write as many as you want. What I suggest is start with one category, give yourself 15 minutes, and just write your premise. If you have more to write after those 15 minutes, continue for as long as you have the time or otherwise set a timer for another day. But work out your premise in in as much detail as you can because that will give you the appreciation of why you are looking at this category of your life. So after premise... I have a vision. Now, this is when we go back to the Martha Beck change cycle, what I would like. This is what I'm dreaming and scheming about. It's not necessarily 100% accurate yet, but this is my ideal. And my vision, some of the things I've written here is I plan to live a long, healthy life because that is what I plan to do. My vision for my immune system is that it works optimally, protecting me against viruses, bacteria, and other pathogens that seek to harm my body. My vision for my body is that all my organs function optimally. My vision for my health and fitness is that I am full of energy and vitality. Taking care of my body is fun. And this is important, Mariette. When we tell ourselves that something is a drag, we, we, we do it because we have to, it creates an energy spiral that drags us down. Whereas when we say something is fun and play and we're going to have joy while we're doing it. We we feel ourselves, we set ourselves up for fun and joy and play. One of the other things I said in my vision is that I get enough deep and restorative sleep every night. Sleep is one of the most underrated parts of our health and fitness. And so many people don't pay attention to making sure that they get quality restorative sleep. It's easy. You go look at the area where you sleep. You make sure it's the optimal temperature. You make sure there are no lights that distract you. And you make sure that it's quiet. Now, if you have a partner that snores, that could be a problem. But there are ways of addressing it. You have to do whatever you can. My teacher always says, you have to want the change so badly that you will do whatever it takes. So 
do whatever it takes to make sure that you get quality sleep, that you get your nutrients, that your vision for your health and fitness gets realized. So after the vision, I've written down the purpose. And this is the why. Why do I want a body that is healthy and full of vitality? My purpose, and this is, I'm reading from my purpose section here, is to be pain-free into old age and enjoy my life. I have a purpose in this world, and in order to realize that purpose, I choose to be healthy, mobile, and active. I want to look and feel as young as I can for as long as I can. My purpose is to maximize my my abilities and energy to stay away from doctors and hospitals. And ultimately, my purpose in looking after my health and fitness, let me just pause there and say, Dr. Michael Beckworth has this beautiful phrase that he refers to the body and, and he talks about the body temple. And that concept resonates so deep, I've incorporated it into my purpose. Here's the statement. My purpose is to honor my body temple, which houses my divine soul. So your purpose is the why. Why do I want to make sure that I look after my body? Why do I want to look after this category of my life? So we have the premise. Then we have the vision and the purpose. And then we get to the work the strategy. It's absolutely pointless to have premises and visions and all kinds of beautiful thoughts running through our heads, written on paper, if we do not put, what what do they say? If we do not put the tackies to the tar, we have to have a strategy. And what is your strategy for this area of your life. I will read you some of my strategies in my health and fitness section. The first thing is I meditate daily, twice if it's possible, because I know what a profound impact meditation has, not only on the mind, but on the body. When we give our parasympathetic nervous system, time to catch up with the sympathetic. When we give our system a chance to get into coherence, that has marked physical results for our health. So meditation for me is not negotiable. I feel up with whole foods, plant-based and fish on occasion. The fuels we take in are important. Another strategy of mine is, and I've, I've, I've written out an entire exercise program. Yeah, I'm not going to bore you with that. But I enjoy a moderate cardio workout with stretching. Every day I do something, not the same thing every day, 
but I make sure that I move my body every day in different ways for its optimal health. Also, of course, the added benefit is the mental health component, but making sure that you move your body is good for your body. I limit my caffeine intake to one a day. And if there's a really good reason, like you and I having a visit, Mariette, mm. I'll have a second one. So, so, so the rules are not, they're not cast in stone. They can be flexible. We have to allow ourselves space to color out of the lines every now and then. It's that 80-20 rule. Something like sugar. You know, research is proving more and more that sugar can have a very detrimental effect on our health. However, sugar also releases dopamine and serotonin. When we have something nice and sweet, a flood of good memories and emotions go through our bodies. So we, we have to allow ourselves to enjoy that every so often. It's when it becomes the rule rather than the exception, then it becomes a problem. Again, under my strategy, I make sure I get enough quality sleep. I create time for rest and relaxation. And my last line on my strategy is I have fun as often as possible because I believe when we make it fun for ourselves to look after our bodies, it just makes it so much easier. It makes it so much less of a have to and more of a choose to. So after the strategy, you can add, if you want, you can add motivational quotes. You can add, if you are a very visual person and you like vision boards, you can add photos of yourself looking your best. You can add whatever you want under notes to, to motivate you. But those are the, the steps I have taken. I have a premise and then a vision and then a purpose and then a strategy, the how-to. And then I have notes to keep me motivated. And if something comes up, if new research comes up, because I'm fascinated with with all the research going on at the moment about how we can improve our lives, I'll cut it out and stick it in there because that helps me keep motivated to look after my body. Thank you, Liesl, for walking us through this process. I must say you are getting me fired up. <laughs> Mariette, I would love to go through this process with you on one of your categories because we as humans, we also, apart from, from being creative, mm -hmm. we also have this co-creativity and the most marvelous things come out when we sit together and we work together on something like a vision board. I'm, I, I am more of a wordsmith. I write down what I want rather than putting pictures, but there's deep value in putting a picture up saying, this is what I want, because it goes into our subconscious mind and that is where the programming is. We reprogram our minds to say, 
this is where I am heading. Yes, I, I'll never forget an example that Martha Beck used in one of her books where she said when you have a type of shampoo that you always use, when you get to the shelf in the shop, you just head for that one immediately. And that was how she illustrated the way our minds are programmed. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Mariette, and isn't it just how many times have you, have you been at a shop and you cannot remember the name of the product you want? Mm. You only remember what it looks like. Mm. And then you then some helpful shop assistant asks you what you're looking for and you can't tell them because you don't know the name. Yeah. But you know exactly what it looks like. Liesl, we've dealt with the health and fitness category now. What is the next step? Marie, the next step is to decide which category you want to tackle next. So let's say you want to look at your love life. You go through the exact same steps. You first have your premise. You write down, what do I believe about my love life? What do I believe a healthy relationship looks like? Is this something that I want? Because we cannot make assumptions that because this is the way in a uh, heteronormative society that the majority do it, we, we cannot assume that is the way to do it. So you write down your premise for your love life. What is it that you want? Why is it important to you? Then, as with the previous category, you write down your vision. What do you want for yourself? What do you want for your partner? What do you want the outcome of this relationship to be? Then, again, you write your purpose. Why do you want this? Why do you want to have open communication, for example? To what purpose? And then the important part, the strategy. What are you going to do to get that love life of your dreams? And then after your strategy, if you wish, you can again add notes, you can add quotes, you can add pictures. So as you hear, Mariette, it takes some time to work through each category. But once you've broken it down into those steps and you do one step a day, within a couple of weeks, you will have what I call a manual for your life. And this manual you can use as a guideline to see, am I, first of all, doing what I said I was going to do? And is my life going in the direction I want it to go? That is so sensible because in the first place, I think most of us are curious about the way we feel about things and what we would like to have. And if we haven't written it down in this way, then we might need some more clarity. And then in the second place, I really like the idea of a manual for your life. Yes, and I have to say, Mariette, there is special magic that happens when you write something down. It is a different process when you type it on a computer. 
they've done research and I cannot recall the 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 research exactly but what I do recall is the sense of fulfillment you get when you write all your dreams and desires and goals and strategies out by hand you can if you want type it on a computer and print it but i have to say i and i have a written manual for my life here in front of me and it gives me great joy and even in the days when i feel oh, my life's not really all that great it's not going exactly where i want to when i look at this manual Two minutes and I am inspired and fired up again because this is the guidelines I have written for my life. Exactly. And at this point, I'd just like to mention that in the podcast notes, I will have a list of the 12 areas and then I will list this process too. So people who are listening and think they, they may not be able to recall it, please just go to the podcast notes. But then I have another question for you. Before we recorded, you mentioned that we could add foundational values and strategic values when reinventing ourselves. What are foundational values? Marit, when you think about the word foundation, it is what underpins your life. And for me, I have chosen, and again, each one is free to choose their own way. I have chosen four foundational values because those are the four values I measure everything against. Then we have strategic values. Foundational values are what underpins everything you do. If you, do you want me to share my foundational values? It is quite, quite personal, but if, if you Please. want me to, I'll, I'll share them. So, so my first foundational value, and this is for me, and it, this was a choice I made, is joy. I look at how much joy I can get out of this life. And when, when I am not in a joyful space, I look at what does it take for me to get from where I am right now back to joy. So I make sure that everything I do has as much joy in it as I can possibly pack into it. The next foundational value is love. Because for me, love is the greatest energy in this world. All the religious texts say the exact same thing. Love. Love yourself. Love your neighbor. And God is love. So love for me is at the absolute foundation of what I do. Then growth. Because I believe if we don't grow, we stagnate. And when we stagnate, we are dying rather than living. So growth for me is something I actively pursue every day. It is one of my foundational values. And the last foundational value for me is gratitude. Because gratitude fuels every feel-good emotion that we can experience in our bodies. If you are ever feeling less than 
or you are feeling, my life sucks, go count your blessings. Go look at the many, 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 many ways that we are being blessed. Because the more we focus on things to be grateful for, the more we open our reticular activating system, our filters, the more we notice things to be grateful for. And that is one of the secrets of the law of attraction. Just a quick explanation of what I do. I'm a content entrepreneur creating podcasts and articles for my own platform and for various magazines and digital platforms. My website contains a growing collection of content on emotional and physical health, parenting, love relationships and the life challenges and stages we all face. Each episode or article showcases a therapist, coach or other wellness professional so you can get to know them and easily find an expert who will resonate with you, should you need one. I've interviewed more than 100 well-being providers from different countries. After all, online therapy and coaching means we can connect across continents. If you enjoy getting a glimpse of the person behind the professional, click on Up Close and Personal on my website for articles on many of the experts I've featured. And if you're a wellness professional interested in being my podcast guest or being featured in an article on my platform or perhaps in a South African magazine, take a look at services on my website and send me an email. Now, back to my guest. Now, after foundational values, you get strategic values. These are the values that get you where you want to be in life. And strategic values can be whatever you resonate with. Some of my strategic values is meaning and connection and lifelong learning and enlightenment and intuition. We get to choose our values. And this is something that no one's ever told me. I don't know if you were ever told that you can choose which values you want to bring into your life. But me personally, I had to find this out for myself. And I have to say, I'm very grateful I did. Yes, it really becomes a guiding light, doesn't it? It does. Thanks for sharing that, Liesl. Uh, I was wondering, looking back over your life, which reinvention of yourself or which, yeah, which reinvention has brought you great joy? Hmm, that's a very interesting question, Mariette. I have to say that genetically, I, I'm predisposed to being positive. My father is a pathological optimist, oh. and I do believe that we inherit those traits, and it gets modeled to us as children. So there was a genetic pre-programming, and then I saw my dad being optimistic, 
But I still had these recurring thoughts of not good enough, not my life sucks. I, I, I was not a very happy child. I was not a very happy teenager. And the day I became aware that I can change this, that I can think myself happy, that day was the greatest day of my life. Mm. Thank you, Liesl. Where can listeners learn more about your work? But it, the easiest way to get hold of me and get in touch with me and see a little bit of what I do is to go to my website. It's lieseltom.com. Of course, there are a myriad ways to spell my first name. So it's L-I-E-Z-L-T-H-O-M.com. And yes, there's some, there's some videos there, some motivational videos, there's some blogs. And that is the easiest way to get in touch with me. Thank you, Liesl. I'll also attach that link to the podcast. Thanks, Mariette. And then your three tips for lighter living. I have to say, when you and I came up with this idea, I immediately perked up because living lightly is joyful. It is fun. And the first thing I do every day to make my life lighter is to practice compassion. Compassion starting with myself. You know, none of us are perfect. And that's okay. That is the way this reality has been set up. So we don't have to wait until we think we're perfect to have compassion with ourselves. It is in our iniquities, in our failings, where we need to have compassion with ourselves. And then extend that compassion to every single person you come across. Because every person you meet is facing their own battle. And Brene Brown says, every person you meet is doing the absolute best they can with what they have. Now, when you come from a space of judgment, it's very easy to say, yes, but how can that be the best that person can do? You do not know the entire story. You do not know what battles that person is facing. So compassion, I start with myself. I visualize how I send pink light over my own body and then to the people around me and then to the people in my neighborhood and the area and the country and eventually the world. It is a daily practice that I learned from the wonderful Vishen Lakhiani and I'm very grateful that I came across his work. The next tip is gratitude. You know, Mariette, when, when we start becoming grateful for what we have, it feels more and more of the good things in our lives. But the way Vision has described this gratitude practice to me, and this is, this is the one I use, is you start with three general things, three things in my life that I am grateful for. I am grateful that we live in, a, in an era where you and I can have a conversation like this and a third party can listen to it 
five months later yes. and it can still be impactful. That's something I'm grateful for. I am grateful for a roof over my head. I am grateful for good relationships. So three three general things. Then you take three things in your career. So I am grateful that I have colleagues that I can have meaningful relationships with. I am grateful for opportunities in my career. I am grateful that my career enables me to pay the bills, to do X, Y, and Z. So three things in your career that you are grateful for. And then, and this is where many people struggle, three things about yourself that you are grateful for. Three things that you can say, I am grateful to myself for putting in the time to come up with a process to change my life. I am grateful to myself for finding people who make my life better. I am grateful to myself for whatever. So compassion, gratitude, And then the last one, Mariette, is forgiveness. And forgiveness is a lesson that many of us struggle with because we want to be right. We want to have atonement. The person who harmed us has to apologize. And that's not true forgiveness. True forgiveness is releasing that burden without the other person's involvement. When we don't forgive, there's a saying that when we harbor resentment and anger, it's like drinking poison and hoping the other person will die. Resentment and anger eats us alive from the inside and it it, it causes havoc in our bodies. When we forgive, we give ourselves freedom from that burden. We put down those emotional baggage and it's got nothing to do with the other person. Yes, if they are involved in your forgiveness process, it makes it so much more powerful. But we don't have to have conversations with people to forgive them. Forgiveness is simply the act of saying, I release you. You don't owe me anything anymore. So those are my three tips. Thank you, Liesl, and they are profound. On another note, may I ask you a fun question? You know I'm always up for fun. Mm. (laughs) In an ideal world, Liesl, if practical considerations didn't apply, which piece of technology with wings, wheels, or other ways of moving forward or moving in any direction for that matter – So which piece of technology would you love to play with this year? Oh, I'd love to fly. I would love to fly at will, at my own tempo. So basically, if I could have uh, wings that I could just stick on and just go, you know, like those dreams you sometimes have where Mm. you can start, start soaring at will, I would love that. I would love that. I'd go visit my son who is now in Italy. I would go travel the world 
and be back in time to make sure that my family is taken care of. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that was just perfect. What you dreamed up there. <laughs> I love these questions of yours. I'm always a little bit anxious you're going to ask me something that uh, is going to make me stutter, but I love this question. I haven't Thank succeeded so far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Thank you, Liesl, for inspiring us with your enthusiasm and your joy and making it such a practical podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Marit. And I really hope that this can serve someone to live the life of their dreams. Dear listeners, it was good of you to join us. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone you care about. Go to my website www.marietsneeman.co.za for this episode's podcast notes and for free articles and podcast episodes on how to live a happier life and have more fulfilling relationships. To follow me on Facebook, just search for Marietsneeman Journalist. Calm, Clear and Helpful is compiled, hosted and edited by me with original music by Mart-Marie Sneeman. Catch you next Tuesday at 9 